Hey you guys, what's up? Welcome back to my channel. Or should I say, I mean, I'm so used to saying welcome back to my channel from YouTube. <coughs> welcome to another episode of my podcast. That's right, it's your girl Nicole and this is Real Talk Recovery. And this is going to be my second episode. I am really excited to talk to you guys today. Because I was at work today and I thought all day long while I was at work, what do I want to talk to them about when I get off? I have so many ideas going through my head and when I'm not, you know, doing a video or talking with someone who's in recovery, I'm thinking of new ways that I can reach different people who are struggling and need support. So I was at work today, just working, working, working. And I was thinking, what could we discuss today? And that's when I decided I want to talk to you guys about the spiritual experience I had through working the steps. Now, the reason I picked this topic today was because of something someone said to me on the internet about seven, eight months ago. Um, someone told me that I could not have a spiritual experience because I'm prescribed medication-assisted therapy, Suboxone. And when I heard that, that come out of their mouth, I first of all, I thought, this person has no clue. And then second, I thought, I, I'm not about to fight with them to prove them wrong. But again, it's that judgment and that, that contempt prior, <laughs> prior to investigation, like they talk about in the big, big book, you know, before they even get a chance to know me, someone's judging and talking about, oh, well, you can't have a spiritual experience. Well, you know... <laughs> I don't know anybody, I really don't, who's not prescribed something, whether it's a antidepressant or anxiety medication or maybe a vitamin that the doctor wrote them because they have to take it because they're vitamin D deficient. You know, we're all, it's just, it just baffles me how, how people will say these things. So I wanted to share with you guys what it's been like for me working the 12 steps and getting connected to my higher power and basically just becoming self-aware. It's been such a, such a, an exciting, emotional, bumpy ride. It's been I have probably cried the first whole first two years of my sobriety. Um, I, it was like someone was just showing me myself. It was like every time I turned around, God was uncovering another insecurity and another problem that I needed to address. You know what I mean? And I couldn't have done it. I couldn't have even taken a look at any of the things that I was learning about myself if I was in active addiction, because I wouldn't, when I was in active addiction, I wouldn't slow down long enough 
to even think twice. I remember the first um, time I finished the 12 steps with my sponsor. Like we, it took us about six months to get through them. And that's probably because I dragged my ass a little bit. But I distinctly remember going to her house to do my fifth step. And us praying together after I read her my um, fourth step and shared with her, you know, all the secrets and deep darkness that I have never told anyone else. And I just remember like crying my eyes out, just sobbing and and asking God to forgive me and realizing that all those years that I thought God had abandoned me, all those years that I thought that he didn't want me, I, I realized in that moment that he had been with me the whole time and that the reason that I'm alive today, the reason I'm here to share and be able to tell you guys my story is because he spared me with his grace. I always thought like I was just lucky because there were so many times that I would overdose and go to the hospital and then wake up after a coma for seven days and then think to myself, why am I still here? You know, like, what is this all about? Like, can I not just die? And that's how I felt. Like, I just wanted to die. Um, so we're doing this this fifth step, and we're praying. And I remember leaving her house that day almost like I was on, it was like a spiritual high. Like, I was floating in another dimension because I just felt so connected to God and I felt so in tune with myself. It was like I was finally starting to realize that God had a plan for me and he always has. And that the only person who is stopping me from being able to achieve the plan that he had was me. I was in my own way the whole time. That was like such a like aha moment for me. Like I have been in my own way this whole time. Now, I would have never admitted that to you in my active addiction because in my active addiction, I knew it all. I thought that I was doing what I was doing because I just liked to get high. And don't get me wrong, you guys. Like, I take full responsibility for the shit I did while I was in active addiction. But I was a miserable, lonely, insecure, very sad person when I was in my active addiction. And I needed I needed all this reassurance all the time. And I finally feel like it through my recovery that I have gotten to a place where 
I'm actually beginning to love myself and I'm actually being, beginning to feel proud of myself and it's a it's an awesome feeling to have it's all new to me though you know um a lot of the times on my channel when I'm sharing with um, my subscribers and we're, we're talking, we have like these, not, not AA meetings, but we just have um, fellowship meetings where all of us get together and I pick a topic and we talk about it and it's just a bunch of us just talking and processing and it's just, it's, it's nice. It's really awesome. But it's a little community on YouTube and we all get together and just talk. Well, when I'm sharing with them like what I'm and how I how I have like come to this point where I'm actually like starting to love myself, I I hear them and and I see the look on their eye and on their faces and they're like how do you do that? How do you love yourself? And I remember thinking the same thing, like, how does someone love themselves? How do I get to that point where I feel good about me and I'm okay with me? And for the longest time, I wasn't okay with me. And I'm not like perfect. I'm not like so spiritual and so connected that I'm like over here just loving myself every single day. But I've gotten to a point in my recovery where I know that all I have to do is stay focused on my recovery, do the next right thing, clean house, help others, and I'm going to be okay. All That's all I got to do. You know, and it's just like an awesome feeling to have to finally start being okay with yourself because for so many years I wasn't okay with me for so many Mommy. years I was so Mommy. miserable yeah ew gross them dogs are nasty huh so that's my little boy you guys you're gonna hear him in the back of my podcast he's always gonna be here it cannot be we can't yeah it's gonna happen so, <laughs> after we got done with our fifth step, my fifth step, and I, I went home. It was like, things started to make sense for me. I would have these assignments that she would give me to read out of the big book. And for the longest time when I would read out of that book, I wouldn't understand a thing it was saying. It was like it was in Chinese. And I could not understand it. And one day it was like I started reading it and everything just started clicking. It took time though. It took honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness for me. I had to really get serious about changing some things in my life. I had to let go of a lot of behaviors that I practiced over and over and over again. And I had to learn how to not do those behaviors.
which that has been a struggle. It's so difficult to change the brain. Like once you have learned to do something and you have it like embedded in you. But it is possible. And that's what I've been working on doing. It's really working on changing the way I think. Changing the way I treat myself. And the way I treat others. And when the more I treat other people nicely and do the next right thing, the more I do that with myself. I never knew that doing the next right thing going to my job and doing a good job. I never knew how much that helped build my confidence and helped build my self-esteem. But it really, really does. Those esteemable acts, working a job, paying your rent, paying your car payment, paying your fines. Every time I accomplish something like that and I'm able to do that, it makes me feel stronger and stronger each time. Because for the longest time, I couldn't do that. Mommy, I need to go pee-pee. Okay, go ahead. I couldn't pay my bills. I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't work a job. You know, a spiritual experience is a personality change. A total change in perspective. For some people, it happens like, bam, something happens. Maybe maybe they have a near-death experience. Maybe Jesus comes out of the heavens and says, you got to make a change. And then they're like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then for people like me and a lot of others, it happens gradually over time as they learn. And that was the kind of spiritual experience I had. I didn't wake up one morning and just was renewed and changed. It took me making effort, being willing, being honest, and following some suggestions for that personality change to happen. But now that it has, I don't ever want to go back. I'm grateful to have been where I was at in my active addiction, but I don't ever want to go back there. And I will never forget what it was like. Can I, get to, can I make some eggs? <laughs> For me. Oh, I want to make some eggs. No, Nate. Wait, with you. Can I make some with you? Yeah, hold on. For me, that's really important to remember. where I came from because for the longest time I would forget how bad it was I would forget the torture that I went through and how much I hated myself after I would get high and then I would relapse not anymore I will not forget some fell out some fell out
No, Nate. I was giving eggs to eat. So, I love you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I just wanted to talk with y'all for a little bit. I'm fixing to handle this kid and go to bed. All right. Bye, y'all.